Welcome to Wine and Real Estate, the podcast where we drink wine, we have fun, and we learn about real estate investing. Real estate investing is so much more than just buying buildings. It's about building relationships, building your dreams, building your dream lifestyle, customizing your life. What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? It's much more than money. It's more than getting rich. It's a different type of wealth. It's the wealth of time, the wealth of freedom. And now let's get to the wine and the real estate. Let's start this episode with some financing tips from our go-to mortgage broker, Streetwise Mortgages. Over to you, Dahlia. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. In today's episode, I will continue to share with you how to align financing with your chosen investment strategy. Today's strategy is garden suites or laneway houses construction and refinances. Building a garden suite is a strategy that has gained a lot of popularity over the past few years in some cities that want to encourage densification. With permits, you can build a legal, standalone, self-contained unit on the lot. The two common challenges investors face when utilizing the strategy from a financing standpoint are where the construction funds will come from and will they be able to refinance after the project is complete at the higher expected value. Allow me to give you some tips on how to tackle these issues. Let's start first with construction. If you have drawings, a budget, permits, and timelines at hand, one option to fund the construction is through construction financing interest-only loans. The lender would want to see an as-complete appraisal of the project to confirm the value on exit. We can then work backwards from that and set up a construction loan up to 75% or 80% of the construction costs. Some lenders may be willing to go higher if the project is strong. You still have to kickstart the project with your own funds before the lender advances the construction funds to you in the forms of draws. Construction financing is not cheap. On a rental property, it often starts at rates around 8% and comes with both lender and broker fees. A cheaper option would be to utilize any secured line of credits that you have. Having said that, I am not a big fan of tying a large chunk of equity onto one property for a long time period. You may be able to use some of your secured line of credit money in combination with construction financing. Having a large balance of secured line of credits can adversely impact your borrowing power depending on your current financial situation. With respect to refinancing after the project is done, here are some things, some things that are really important for you to watch for. Not all lenders will recognize the value and rents from a garden suite or the laneway house, even if that unit is legal. Therefore, we must plan your exit before we enter the deal. And here is how. Number one, seek your broker's guidance in understanding which lender the deal will qualify for at the time of refinance and completion. Number two, we need to order an appraisal with an appraiser who is on that lender's approved list to confirm what the project is worth at the time of completion. 
You can't just order any appraisal. Number three, the broker needs to confirm that the lender that the deal will qualify with will take the value and rents into consideration at the time of completion. B lenders, for, ex for example, don't consider these values. If you're buying a property that you will construct a garden suite on, take a variable rate and not a fixed rate mortgage. This way you can keep your options open at the time of a refinance. If you're considering building a garden suite or a laneway house on a current property, or you're looking to exit a completed project, our team at Streetwise Mortgages would be happy to assist you and will guide you through the process so you can avoid the common financing mistakes associated with this strategy in particular. Contact us at info at streetwisemortgages.com. Cheers to your success. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wine and Real Estate. So we're so happy to be here with Victoria, our guest. So maybe if you'd just like to tell us a little bit about you, Victoria, for those who don't know, who who is Victoria Clooney? Is it Clooney or Clooney? Sorry. It's Clooney. It's, um, okay. okay, like George Clooney. <laughs> like the actor. But uh, since I am from the East Coast, we always start off, and since we do have wine, I'm going to start us off with a sociable. Yes, yes there you cheers. Go. <laughs> so thank you so much for having me. And uh, I love the concept. Any excuse to drink wine on a Tuesday night. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, who am I? It's uh, a lot of layers to this. <laughs> but in a nutshell, I have been investing in real estate. So I do it part time, but uh, I've been doing it for about 17 years. I started very, very. Wow. Young, and I'm in the military. And so that was sort of what has um, got me started into real estate because you get moved, you get relocated. Yeah all the time and you get put into situations where you're expected to have quite a bit of responsibility and so you know I bought my first property when I was 19 years old wow. was build, and I always look back and I just think like 19 year old Vicky who was picking out flooring cabinetry mm. uh, colors and there's two properties in Nova Scotia that was designed by like a 19 year old and so <laughs> what did you pick i'm curious yeah, <laughs> it's kind of cool so the very first new build that i did was a townhouse and so they gave you templates that you could choose from there was about you know seven different flooring so that okay. was a lot easier and then a year and a half later i moved into like another new build but it was a house and those ones they give you um a lot more usually <laughs> they give you a lot more, but they actually just give you an amount. So I think at the time it was like $10,000 to design a kitchen. I had to go and find the designer. Oh, and wow. I at the time, Cherry Wood was. Yes, like, that was all their rage. <laughs> that was the you hot remember the Cherry Wood. <laughs> you like couldn't pay me to put Cherry Wood into anything these days. And then the roof, I went with like a brown. Um, uh, color and a green siding. Oh, 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 oh. oh well, you tried. You left your mark on real estate. That's kind of cool, still. Yeah. So it was such a good experience to be able to, you know, it, you're really like thrown in the deep end quick. Yeah. With contractors, dealing with um, all the different designers and like thinking things through about windows, you know, what 
even just down to like what type of window and how much that was going to cost. And, you know, do you want the bay window? And that's going to be an extra $4,000. Where do you want the light socket switches in the bedroom? And yeah, so really, really good experience. And then, you know, I moved from that to a house. It was a bungalow. And I remember buying it at the time. And then I was posted to the U.S., three months after I purchased it. Oh my goodness. Oh no. (laughs) And I purchased it for myself. But when I found out I was moving to the U.S., at that time, you couldn't just go and uh, sell a property. You would lose a lot of money. It wasn't a hot market. Not a hot hot market at all. And so I That's right. Yeah. And it was Dartmouth. So it wasn't even, Dartmouth is a lot better nowadays, but back then it wasn't really known as like a market that you wanted to be investing in. Oh no. I know. So I decided to rent it though. And I moved to the U S I found a nice family. They were living in there. I just had my friends watch it for me. So I started long distance investing before I even like realized that I was interested in investing and we're just a bunch of kids now trying to manage this property that had a And I then was posted back from the U S short time afterwards. And I just didn't have the heart to ask the family. So I saved up enough money to get a condo. And so I bought a condo uh, in Halifax. And yeah, so that kind of like started the investing journey for me. But uh, it wasn't intentional, but I'm just so grateful it happened. Yeah, what a story. I mean, what a shift. Mm. A lot of people are what I call accidental investors. Something happens like that, like same with us it was my mom uh my dad passed away my mom did not want to be in her house anymore so we bought a condo and she rented our condo so that's kind of our starting point we did some before that but that's like the serious investing yeah and then we're like not a good move so we moved on from there but anyway (laughs) we learned yeah and it's i mean i guess that's for me, like it was such a, it's such a good experience and I'm so proud of yeah, what you've done, of what she did, because like, you know, knowing what I know now, but at that time I was just like trying to survive, like it was survival mode yeah. and just being very resourceful and being able to figure out, okay, this is how much I need to ask for rent to cover everything. And I just looked to cover it. Like I wasn't making any money, cash flow wasn't something I thought was good enough. <laughs> and I kept that property for 10 years and I never raised the rents once. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> and it was mostly because the interest rates kept going down quite significantly. Yeah. So your cash flow improved. I started cash flowing great with this property. And then I finally said, I'm done with being a landlord. I didn't, I just always felt on edge. I never wanted to get that phone call. Yeah. And when I didn't get the call, I it was such a struggle to figure out what to do. And then I'd be going over there and, you know, I've got a baby face as it is. And I look like a little girl and it would be, you know, grown men asking me about plumbing issues or, you know, whatnot. And I never had a property manager. And so everything, I just wasn't in that investor mindset. So I sold the property and I said, I'm done with real estate. And here you are now. What happened? (laughs) Yeah. Well, the equity. So I got the money, like I got a check from the bank. Wow. And all of a sudden it was like, okay, I didn't actually work that hard for this money and yeah. didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. And 
dug in a little deeper and then decided I'm getting right back in. So <laughs> I was married at the time and my husband and I made that decision and we decided to put that money right back into the market. And we ended up buying a duplex, a single family home and a cottage that we turned into an Airbnb and it, it had a couple of properties on it already. And so it wow. just reignited that fire. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. So I'm really curious, Victoria, because a lot, well, I don't know, if, is it another military move that brought you to Ottawa or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many people doing the, the opposite right now. Like, no. people are like yeah. fleeing Ontario and going out East or out West. And I'm like, what is she doing going What's to Ottawa? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Trust me, it wasn't by choice. Yeah. So I got selected for a, a program. It's to get my master's. So I'm doing my master's in psychology here oh, in nice. and, and so I outgrew Nova Scotia in my position yeah. with the military. And so the next step is Ottawa. And I knew it was coming. I just didn't know when. And so last year, last summer was the year. We were posted here to Ottawa. I'm now going to school. Height of the market. I paid top dollars <laughs> for the house. And, you know, I'm at the stage of my life now that I want a house that I want to live in. You know, I've always purchased for the market for resale value. Yeah. Anytime I've moved has always been for resale. And now I'm hunkering down. I'm staying put in Ottawa. Okay, so it's a nice city. Beautiful. We're actually surprisingly so much happier than I expected. Good. Oh, awesome. But it lit another fire in me because the mortgage payments are a lot more times more than what I'm used to paying. How many times? Three times. Whoa. Okay. That's yeah. Yeah. Cause that's That's, quite a surprising, but (laughs) and the house is significantly smaller. It's beautiful. We have a bungalow. I love it, but way smaller than the homes that we are living in, in Nova Scotia and land. I'm sure you have a lot less. Do you know what? We actually know that was one of our, uh, we have two. Oh, you have a big lot. Okay, good. Yeah, we lived, um, we, we found an, um, it's, it's a new subdivision and everybody has two acres. So we're, we're very, oh, wow. and that was one of our priorities. Again, our home gym was something like we, we blast music in the morning. We're I up. Can't be close to your neighbor. <laughs> yeah, that, that was something that we thought about when we purchased, but again, I just knew that I needed to kick it up a notch in order to like maintain that standard of living. Nova Scotia, I got very, very comfortable with real estate just because we were very comfortable and we had a couple of properties and we didn't feel like we needed to step outside. And then when we came here and all of a sudden I I saw what those new payments were going to be, I was like, nope, I need to be more (laughs) because we know what real estate can do. Yeah, to help offset all that extra money that's going out. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And like, the opportunities here in Ottawa are amazing. And mm-hmm. I was able to integrate with real estate investors here in Ottawa. And it has just like catapulted my investing strategy. I've learned so much just from being surrounded by other people that are doing big things that I was never exposed to in Nova Scotia. And so now, now I know better, I do better. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it's been very, very exciting for me to just have my eyes open to thinking like an investor instead of just a landlord. 
because that's always how I felt. I was just a landlord, a couple properties, but now I'm like, I want to be in the big leagues. I want to like do big things and make this a uh, career. Yeah, that's so interesting. So, so tell me, Victoria, you said you had a single family, a few single family homes, mm-hmm. a duplex, Airbnb, um, as an accidental real estate investor. <laughs> So talk a little bit about strategy, like what kind of strategies, strategies are you looking to do or, or that you've kind of done that you kind of like, okay, I really like this strategy or tell us about all, all of that. (laughs) Yeah. So I've, I've dabbled in a lot and I, I don't think that that is a great strategy. If I was coaching somebody today, I'd be saying, you know, pick that niche, get really good in one strategy so that you can continue to grow from there. Because for me, I've been all over the place. I jump on opportunity though. There's a lot of things that happen to me and it's more of that, like, uh, you know, how they say luck is op- preparation plus opportunity. Yeah. You know, <laughs> luck. And so being all over the place has given me a good advantage to know what I like and what I don't like and yeah. what has worked and what hasn't worked. I'm moving into multifamily space. Like I, I recognize having big units where you have a lot of units. There's a lot more flexibility, longevity, that buy and hold. I really do like the stability and that thought. And property managers, I hire property managers. So because I do want to be more hands off as I have your your studies and your future career and exactly. And the Ottawa market makes more sense, I think, in the multifamily space. Not to mention, she is too cute. Those tenants are just going to beat you you alive. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's one thing with the military. You get very used to being underestimated. Okay. I'm in a a male-dominant profession, and I have been now for 20-plus years. And so You know how to manage those people. You do, but (laughs) you also just understand that bias. And so that's... yeah understanding has really helped me in situations because I'll walk into a room that may be full of men that I know what they're thinking right away. And it helps because I can just be that quiet, confident confidence and know that that like the cream rises to the top, you end up shining through, you can show that, but you don't need to prove it right away. And so it's just like, and I guess I play that a little bit or I understand it. So it does help them. Yeah, but the I love Airbnbs. I'm not gonna lie. That was something that I really enjoyed from a creativity standpoint. Mm-hmm. Again, like I keep going back with the military, but that was such a big part of my life is that you don't have a lot of room for creativity. And so when I purchased this Airbnb and then I outfitted it and I mm. set an Instagram account for the Airbnb, that's kind of how I got into social media because I saw the benefits that that created, but I also enjoyed it. There was something about it that was fun and you could just like take a picture and then put some words with it. And then all of a sudden people were enjoying this. And so I would love to get another Airbnb cottage. Yeah. I love like what you guys are doing in Costa Rica. I want to learn more about that. Um, sure. <laughs> investing in the U.S. vacation properties selfishly yeah. for myself, but also... <laughs> because I enjoy it. Uh, but then I'm, I am going to stick with the, the multifamilies. However, I mean, I say that, but the single family homes, I just bought another one last month. It was an off market deal that was brought to me and they're great too, because if they don't have tenants in them, 
you can fill them. And so you yeah. can you start from scratch. And most of the single family homes don't have tenants in them. And so if somebody's looking for cash flow and appreciation, if you are working the market well, then you can get that. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And I think that there's something to be said about not necessarily just having a niche, but maybe having a few niches and kind of working through those strategies to, to have a diversified portfolio because yeah. when yeah. multifamily space doesn't work, well, then you have a few of the single family homes in your portfolio. I mean, we have a fairly diverse portfolio and I think that <laughs> to say the least <laughs> and I think that there's something to say about being somewhat diversified. Yeah. Even if you do have certain expertise in certain areas, or if you have a preference for a strategy, sometimes you do have an opportunity that's just too good to pass up as well. And it reduces your exposure. So you have several kind of also diversity of uh, currency. That's a big thing we're talking about a lot. So yeah, Canadian dollars, US dollars, euros, bitcoins, all those things. So the same with real estate. If you have Airbnb, if you're too heavy in the Airbnb space, like what's happened here or what we saw in Toronto during the uh, pandemic, people were dumping all their Airbnbs and it created a a massive price decrease, then you're exposing yourself. Same with multifamily. I think that's more stable, but let's say the government pulls out some new crazy law or rule on multifamily. Then if you have a cottage, well, maybe that's going to help you stay afloat. Absolutely. We're looking at what's happening with Nova Scotia right now because it is where the majority of my investments are Mm. and all the new non-resident taxes that have been implemented airbnbs being one of them and so for me i'm very fortunate the one that i'm considering doing an airbnb with we just closed on a fourplex a few months ago and i have a partner who is a resident of nova scotia oh, perfect <laughs> that's the only thing saving me right now is that 50 percent of the ownership is a resident mm-hmm. for short term for my long-term rentals i'm safe because as long as I'm renting something for more than 12 months, I don't need to pay that property tax. And then same with like, if I purchase any more properties in Nova Scotia, I will get hit with that deed transfer tax. If you don't live there anymore. Yeah. Unless I partner now. So it's like, you just, mm. you never know when they're going to change it. So you're totally right that being diverse with your portfolio is going to at least help you combat those waves. Yes. Mm-hmm is uh just like in the military yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure your military career has totally helped you be like flexible and, and and work with those situations because it's so true i mean things things are always ev- evolving in the real estate yeah. investment uh, world like like Russell said the government changes rules or or um, the market shifts, or there's new so taxes. many things. New, yeah, new taxes. Uh, or like ba- new, bad tenants. Uh. Bad tenants, or like New Brunswick. So we had several properties in New Brunswick. We're currently exiting for the most part the market uh, for multiple reasons. But one reason is they decrease taxes there for landlords yeah. by yeah. increasing them. So the decrease is actually an increase. So if you really read the fine print, it's actually gone up. Like it's gone down, but they've increased evaluation. Which oh, that's means, good to know. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a 6% decrease, but within a year or two, you'll be right back where you were, and then it's actually going to go up from there. So Really? Yeah, mm. so I just find that's just not right and not very conducive. So 
Yeah, we're moving on. That's all. <laughs> I agree. And that's, I mean, you mentioned with the military, because that's a big thing is like adapt and overcome. And so that's a, you know, a philosophy that a lot of members have is that we just overcome these obstacles and you don't get phased anymore by these situations. I mean, it's being able to thrive in high stress environments. And so in the world of real estate, I can relay a lot of what I've learned oh, from yeah. experience in the military. And really, things aren't that bad. You know, at the end of the day, it's uh, there's always a way around it. And yes, of course, there's a lot of money at stake sometimes. But yeah. at the end of the day, we also can make a lot of money. And so as long as you keep that in mind, because your wins are amazing, but sometimes the, the losses can be great. But you just have to always remember thinking about the wins so that mm -hmm. you can just uh, offset that, at least with the the mindset and just keep going because real estate is very forgiving. That's it. You just stick it out longer usually and it mm -hmm. kind of evens out. Like you said, uh, you had a property uh, in Nova Scotia and it wasn't a good time to sell. You kept it for 10 years, then you made your money. So unless you're stuck, you're in a bind and you have to sell, then you could lose big time. But if you're able to, to wait, you can do well. So exactly. And I mean, that's a, that is a huge, it's a big regret of mine that I sold that property, like knowing what I know now, yes. but I think it's the reason that I was able to shift my mindset. I had to go through that lesson in order to really shift and, and decide to be an investor even if like now I know what it's worth today. And if I would have held it, if I would have understood the right, the refinancing process, yeah. I never refinanced a property in my life. Like it just wouldn't have even occurred to me to do something like that. No. And now, now we refinance everything. And that's a big shift I feel will be happening. Refinancing, I think is coming to an end. Unfortunately, with all the new rules and things slowly building up to it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have pivoted from no refinance to like really all the way in mm -hmm. refinance. I think the pendulum is coming back now to uh, maybe something a bit more balanced where, yes, you can refinance, but maybe more like the U.S. market where it takes five years, 10 years, not like within six months. You or It used to be one month you could refinance. <laughs> now yeah. there's a six month minimum. Uh, commercial like multifamily larger is usually 12 months and up so mm -hmm. and it I think it's going to increase from there but again it's it's getting to know all that stuff and being prepared yeah absolutely I'm actually doing a, a property the single family home that was brought to me as a, an off-market I decided to purchase this one with my own funds and then immediately refinance it the day after like the the wow. Um, so we're in that process right now. So we're, it, I mean, I've had it for about three weeks and so I'm just waiting for the appraisal and then, uh, we'll refinance it, but I got lucky and locked in my, my rate. So yes, just good. in time, <laughs> yeah. but this one I'm expect, I, I paid for the appraisal for my own appraiser prior to like when I was doing the due diligence. So I know that what it's worth as a worst case scenario and okay. It's pretty good because now the bank will pay me to own this property. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, which is crazy, but wow. it's fun to play around with all these different scenarios to be able to gain that just more experience. And there's all kinds of perks too when you do that refinance. Well, it depends how it's done. 
a lot of banks usually give you a line of credit. Sometimes mm -hmm. there's a credit card, there's different perks I find. So it's, it's always interesting to see uh, what comes out of it. And yeah, we just did a HELOC. Um, cause I normally would like to do a cash out refi. Yeah. But I have a property that the, the, it's in Nova Scotia, downtown Halifax. I have not been able to increase rent since I purchased this property. So oh it just barely meets the mortgage payments and the expenses. Mm. However, it has appreciated quite significantly. And so I've been, you know, kind of waiting around to see if I can just like where I can get those rents to. But now I did a, an appraisal. We're going to go with a HELOC for this one because yeah, what I'll smart. do is keep that exactly. So my mortgage payments won't go up because I'm not going to be raising those rents anytime soon. So at least now I'll have access to this if I want it. I can pull it out as cash if I want. Like the, I've talked to the bank and you lock in, of course, at that interest rate. But the HELOC is a, a nice alternative just to know that you've got this in your back pocket should you need it for something. Yeah, it's a powerful mm -hmm. tool. It saved us many times. Yeah, many, many, many times. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, people just look at this debt and it scares them and they don't want it. But I always just try to explain if the opportunity that you're using this money for is going to cover the and more. interest and more, then for me, it's a no-brainer. That's mm -hmm. it. Just do it. Have you been on the fence about getting a mentor or a coach to scale your real estate investing portfolio, your business? And have you met with many mentors and coaches only to find out that they what they offer is a series of pre-recorded videos and a Facebook group with some uh, group meetings. And you need some hand-holding, you want to know, you want to be accountable, you want some one-on-one. -on -one. So look no further. I've created the Creek, the Creative Real Estate Investing Community. And this is where you will have those recorded videos and the weekly calls on Facebook and the group meetings. But wait. You'll also have one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. So 12 sessions over a year, plus 12 other sessions with my accountability coach, none other than Rob Wright. So Mr. Rob Wright is joining me to help you stay accountable and make sure that you do achieve your goals and get to the freedom that you want to achieve. So check it out. I will put the information in the notes here and I'd love to see you. There's a free Facebook group you can join to find out more and I'd love to meet with you and tell you how this can change your life and how it's changed mind as well. Like it's all about people and relationships and the one-on-one -on -one I think is essential that that was the key to my success. So I'd love to help you. Cheers. That's so right. I'm curious, Victoria, I saw a nice glass of wine. What are you drinking? I was worried that you'd ask me. <laughs> oh, no, don't don't be ashamed. You'll see our bottle will make okay. you feel really at ease after. It's a gas station wine. And I sent Ooh. my husband an hour ago to go pick it up because we didn't have any. And I was like, I cannot be on a podcast called Wine and Real Estate. Without, without wine. <laughs> so it is the, uh, gosh, I don't even... Casillo del Diablo. This is my go-to. Yes, I've seen oh, it. We've yeah. actually had that before. It's yeah. good. Highly recommend for anybody that just looking for like a $12 bottle of wine Perfect. that tastes good. But uh, yeah, this is our finest from the gas station down the road. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, our, 
Ours is even cheaper. I don't know if we can yeah, see. Yeah, I it. think it was nine dollars for San Giovese from cool. Magnota Wineries. Okay. It's like nine bucks, but um, this winery, I love it. It's on uh, if you're in Ottawa. So for those listening, it's on Belfast Road, and they have. They have a few throughout Ontario, but it, it's inexpensive wine, and we love the San Giovese. It's like a more of a full-bodied. It's Italian. Um, so it's really it's a really good wine and inexpensive. So we usually get like a bunch of bottles and even box wine and we just oh, nice. town with and it's good enough. <laughs> and if you want a fancy one, start with the fancy and then you go with the cheap wine later on. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It always tastes better. The second glass, third glass. Yeah. My aunt actually lives in uh, Florence, Italy. And so, oh, so you wow. got really good wine there. <laughs> very, very good wine. And, and we grew up, my father was military and we grew up in Germany and so and my mother's British and so we would travel and we would I mean it was four hours to go to Italy and that wow yeah I wasn't old enough to appreciate the drink that. back then <laughs> but, um, certainly now once travels opened up we'll be we'll be going back for sure but the analogy I find with wine like a cheap wine well a lot, a lot of people don't understand it's aerating the wine so to mm. make it taste better sometimes it's the way it's been bottled, sometimes it's just bad, no matter what. Yeah, or <laughs> like temperature we, as well. Temperature. So a, a lot of red wine, if you read on it, uh, I don't think this one, no, this one doesn't say, but sometimes it says drink at 14 degrees or 18 degrees. Room temperature is more around 20. So we tend to drink red wines too hot mm -hmm. and white wines too cold. Mm -hmm. uh, so makes a big difference. Just like real estate, what can you do to pivot? So we spoke earlier about Airbnb and doing different things. Uh, sometimes you have a large multifamily and in some cities it's still allowed. You can have one or two suites that are Airbnb mm -hmm. and the rest of the building is long-term. So you increase your cash flow, just like aerating wine or, mm -hmm. or changing the temperature. So. I love the connection. <laughs> <laughs> so Victoria, you're a real estate investor, but you're also a fitness and mindset enthusiast. Yes. Tell us a bit about that. Or does it connect with the real estate investing? I know you have, I think your garage is a gym. Yeah. It, yes. It, um, I, I wholeheartedly believe that it connects and it was very, it, it's interesting for me, I guess, how it, it kind of came to be. I mean, I have had a passion for fitness for as long as I can remember. Again, with my profession, they gave us time every day. Yeah. So hmm. when I first started, I remember working out more because I didn't want to work. And then <laughs> you're working. <laughs> that's right. So it's like, well, I'd rather be at the gym than, you know, in the office. So that's where I'll be if they're going to give me that time because we would get tested yearly. You, you, you get a fitness, fitness test yeah. year. So wow. always the justification to take that time because you are, that's part of your job. But as of course I grew older, then I started to like really appreciate the fitness and being fit and physical and being able to like, you know, age gracefully, so mm -hmm. to say. And then I had a son and it was very difficult and challenging to be able to find time to, to go to the gym. And my husband's very passionate about fitness as well. And so we started, uh, we created our garage gym in a single car garage. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just from like what we got the concept to rowing machine. I think that was a Christmas present for me. And then we just started to like build add and add and over the years. We've now moved three times and we've, we, 
say we, my husband has rebuilt, <laughs> torn this gym down and rebuilt this gym three times. Wow. It is incredible. Like I've never, I have personally not met somebody with a nicer home gym and I'm so proud of our gym, but what it is for us is it's a ritual. It's quality time that we get to spend together every morning. And we, we don't take days off. Like we have our rest days, but it's not even a choice. It's, we wake up, this is our routine. We go into the gym and the benefits that we get from this is just. Yeah. Mentally and physically and all over everything. And so when I started the Instagram account for my investing journey, whatever I'm doing, I considered, I like, I really wasn't sure how I, cause I, I post a lot of my workouts. And so yeah, it's that's perfect. Where, yeah. It just became something that this is something that I do every day. So I'm going to post it in hopes of a, it will inspire other people to move their bodies as well. And, and their butts. <laughs> right. And like, yeah, I try to be a little bit more polite. Peaceful. I'm not polite. <laughs> but, uh, but it's so connected. It gives me so much energy. It also is discipline. And for me, yeah. having discipline and being an entrepreneur, uh, you know, being business mindset, real estate, all of that, you need to have that discipline. Totally. To able, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> and a mom and, and a wife. Right. And wow, yeah. that's a lot to, to juggle. Badass. Like throw, we lift weights, uh, you know, we're doing pull-ups, we're throwing stuff around. And so it gives you that confidence. And I, I try to, I've, you know, taught some girls how to do this and, you know, I really tried to like inspire women to be able to, to strength train because the feeling that you get, the way that you carry yourself, it's different. When you know, you can walk into a room and you know, you can like, I bench press pull-ups. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever it is. And you don't have, to, yeah. You don't Our daughter's to... like that. She's like, I can do more than the teacher and stuff. I'm like, wow. Okay. That's okay. awesome. I probably can do like 50 pounds and you're at 200, but good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's just this quiet confidence. It's not even yeah, to speak to people. To brag or... it's, it's for you to know that you have that strength. And it's, um, yeah, it's, I think it's pretty incredible. So wow. I look forward to aging. I look forward to seeing like what my body will be capable of as I get older. And so it's very just, uh, yeah, I get motivated every day just from having that and then having a space that I love. Oh, that's so awesome. What a great way to think about it. Growing old and knowing what you're able yeah, to, to do. That's so cool. And you'll, that. you'll thank yourself. I used to work in the retirement industry. Yeah. I had some residents that were up to 104 years old and wow. some of them were fitness enthusiasts and I could tell the difference. Some were 97 walking in heels and stuff yeah. still, and they didn't need a cane, not even glasses or hearing aids because of fitness and good, good nutrition in a good mindset and they're like this mm -hmm. is thanks to taking care of myself not just letting myself go so i'm glad you brought up nutrition as well because that is such a like fitness of course is very important but the diet too oh yeah clarity and a lot of people don't make that connection about like if you're eating processed food dinner <laughs> dinner that's right I am by no means perfect, but I think that having that balance and, and just having that awareness of how we're treating our bodies and how that's affecting our mental health, 
our physical health, and then just like our overall how we we do anything in life. And so it's, um, yeah, it, it gives me so much energy and just drive to have yeah. that and to like follow that. And that's so important, especially as a real estate investor, because most people start out like us and like you with full-time jobs. And you're like, okay, let's start this real estate investment thing, but it takes a lot of energy. So if you don't have that energy to give, you're going to like, Ooh, pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. We just finished at the time of this recording our year end for our six corporations and then doing all that. We're like, this is nuts. I just want to go. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes you take a break go for a walk little workout you come yes. back oh and you eat well eat proteins or whatever you're eating but something good and you're energized and fueled and ready to go so 100 and it's a hard truth for people to hear when they say that yeah. they don't have time to work out and i challenge that and i i always say you do have time you're not prioritizing it and the workouts it doesn't have to be a perfect workout no mm -hmm. With no equipment, your body weight and that's huge. Body weight, you can do a lot. Exactly. And so I challenge anybody that says that they don't have time. I'm one of the biggest, busiest people I know, and I find the time. And it's just by making it a priority and not thinking about it like a workout, thinking about it like this is your future. A treat as yeah. well. I, I see it as a treat. We do it at 5.30 a.m. It's rough. We're always like, Jennifer, why did you make me get up? But that's actually me getting her up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're always like, oh, and then we kind of get moving and it gets better. And it's a bit of a treat and it gets you energized all day. And a tip I'd like to share for those that work from home. Sorry, I'm taking over. I, I tend to do that. <laughs> but for those that work from home, I try to be very inefficient. So we have a, it's three stories in the house. So I always do things up, down, up, down. So I have like my 15,000 steps every day. Just by doing that, I go for one thing and then, oh, I feel okay now. I can sit down for a little while. <laughs> so be fun. inefficient. That's the, the yeah, tip. That's, inefficient for that's if... That's Ross's advice. Be inefficient. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you can't make time for a full workout, build it in through your day if you're working from home. Always. Do some stuff. Like you said, body weight. Do a few push-ups between calls. Uh, not sitting, like do some indoor walks. I mean, there's so many things you can do. So, wow, I'm very inspired, Victoria. We'll have to check out your gym at yes. some point and drink you, some you, wine in there. <laughs> a workout and wine. Yes. 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 The, the workout first, because then the workout will be yeah, very exactly. bad if you start with the wine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't recommend you, although you think that you're much more powerful after a No. <laughs> be a hazard but uh no it's a really good way to think of like instead of that i have to do something i get to do something do you know it's what a i privilege. mean change that it is such a privilege and it's even if you're if even if you have a disability if you have something then there's always something that you can do share exercises that's, like, that's right mm -hmm. that's right yeah helps even high exercises <laughs> <laughs> no i love it i love it well thank you so much for being on our podcast victoria how can people get a hold of you what's the best way for them to get a hold of you um if they want to learn more so i am most active on instagram i love that community i just think that you know it's incredible how everybody can connect and i honestly feel like these are my friends and so Good. anybody that has questions that wants to reach out Please do, because I'll Looking always... for a workout buddy in Ottawa. Yes. <laughs> I love that. 
Um, and I just like recently started TikTok. So if you're a TikToker, you can find me there. And I have a Facebook page and a, a group that I'm also just starting up. So I'm trying to be a little bit more accessible because I was just only Instagram, but um, not every age group on Instagram. Not every age group, right? And it's all about growth. And I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone, uh, especially in the world of TikTok. And, <laughs> but it's fun, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. So you can pretty oh, yeah. much find me anywhere. Invest Real Fit is the handle, and uh, Clooney Co. is our our corporation. So our company. Oh, awesome. Which, yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. And we'll have to catch up with you maybe in a year's time and see what you're up to if you bought entire city blocks. Who knows? Or a, a small country, maybe. Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> I would love that very much. And thank you for having me. And cheers again. Yes, cheers. cheers. Sociable. Cheers. Thank yeah. you, guys. Thank you. Take care. Hey there, listeners. We hope you enjoy this latest episode of the Wine and Real Estate Podcast. Yes, absolutely. You can find us on Instagram. Our handle is wine underscore and underscore real estate. So wine and real estate on Facebook, FL Homes Corp. And you can also find us on our YouTube channel. Yes. And please make sure to give us a rating, five stars <laughs> or any comments. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we love suggestions as well. Cheers. Yeah. Chin chin. Thank you.